Hey, I'm Mike. Hey, I'm Ethan. I watched the first half of Snake Eyes. I watched the second half of Snake Eyes. And this is the other half. Ethan. Yo. Have you ever seen a Brian De Palma film? I know you've seen one Brian De Palma film. Yes. I made you watch it. So yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> Mike, you just answered yourself. You can't ask a question. You know, All right, is there, because the movie I'm referring to is pa- Fate of the Paradise. Yeah. Right. Is there any other Brian De Palma movies you're aware of? You, oh no, we actually watched another Brian De Palma movie on this podcast. Sure. What did we watch? Scarface. The very oh, first yeah. episode. Man, that, that was a Brian De Palma that movie. That was ages ago. That was ages ago. Just like apparently uh, uh, Unbreakable. Unbreakable was ages ago as well. Man, was... all these all these movies, I'm like, oh, yeah, we just saw that. And then it's like, oh, he man. He made Carrie. He made The Untouchables. Oh, I've, I've seen Carrie because you guys are watching it once. Untouchables and or Unbreakables? I can't remember. Mission Impossible, the first one. Um, he made... Uh, the Untouchables. There we go. Untouchables. Something uh, called Blowout. Oh, Mission Impossible. I've seen the first Mission Impossible. First Mission Impossible. Oop. Blowout's really good. I saw that one recently. It's really, really, really good. Have you seen The Black Dahlia? Yeah, it was uh, It was only okay. I just like the poster. <laughs> it's I very spooky, the, I, the poster. The poster's very scary. Yeah. So um, you've seen you've seen like all of his more popular work, basically. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about him? Um, hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I like some of his things. Uh-huh. The stuff that you've seen, uh, yeah, honestly, because I've seen all the big stuff, so I, yeah. I would say I like pretty much, yeah. First Mission Impossible is great. Mm-hmm. Um, Carrie's good. We liked Scarface. Scarface is a good movie. Yeah, um, that's all Those I've seen. Are the big ones, and then um, you know, Phantom of Paradise. Phantom of Paradise is really good. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of Brian De Palma. I, I I really like his sort of. Oh yeah, you're like Ethan's just looking at his entire. I'm looking filmography. at I'm looking at a movie. What's this movie called? De Palma. There's this. There's a movie he didn't direct it. It's a movie uh, about Brian De Palma's entire career, directed by what's his name Noah Bumbach. I think his name is. Uh yeah yeah uh yeah and it's just it's literally just him and Brian De Palma sitting down and talking to each other about Brian De Palma's work. That's basically oh. what it is. Um, I thought it was maybe a dramatic movie that someone made about about him. Brian De Palma. I don't think I don't think there's enough to really talk about. I hope not, at least. Uh, yeah, his movies are very strange. Uh, get to know your rabbit. Sorry, I got to stop down there. I got to get off this rabbit hole. I know you really <laughs> got to jump out of that. Uh, yeah, his, his stuff is really interesting. He really likes to just sort of jump feet first into a movie. Uh, and I think Snake Eyes, the movie we're talking about, is a good example of that. Where he just really he, he enjoys a lot of things. He likes violence. Yeah. He likes uh, uh, beautiful ladies. Yeah. And he loves long takes. Okay, he's a so big he's just fan he's just a takes. modern American director then. Yeah. Well, he's also very. I, I've seen the, the the Palma movie, the movie where it's just Brian De Palma talking about his films, and it, 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 he's very inspired by Hitchcock. Okay. I think that becomes very obvious when you're watching his filmography because it's like. Th- those three things I just mentioned were also very much yeah those are all Hitchcock movies it's very Hitchcock things yeah um, so but, I mean that's like I don't know I feel like that is a very surface level examination of his work as mm. a whole Hitchcock or no e- well either because oh, it's just like you're like long takes violence beautiful women that's like a lot of movies that's like besides point. if you take off the long takes that's pretty much every movie that's a good point that's so good point. i mean i don't know if that's the greatest description but he does have a style going for him mm-hmm. which is i think unique to him oh, which yeah. is inconsistent tone <laughs> yes that is an excellent point yeah he's very very bad at keeping a tone in a movie or he doesn't care or he doesn't care he i feel like care. it's just 
It doesn't matter. Yeah, like sometimes it works. Like in Carrie, they have that really weird montage, like an hour into the movie. And then they have that one part where it's all of a sudden a jump scare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's Just weird. Horrible, scary, like blood violence. Uh, you know, same thing with like uh, I feel like a uh, fan of the paradise is a very odd movie, very little, a little strange. Yeah, he's got a. It's not really a command of tone. Maury's just like doesn't really seem to care about. He just consist- seems to be very fluid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it doesn't feel like his change of tone doesn't feel as jarring as someone who has less command over it. That's a good point. And I, I don't want to say it's because he has a lot of command over the film itself. Like yeah. he's got a really great command of how he's telling the story. And I think that's the thing is like. If the tone services this scene, that's fine, rather than the entire film. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, feel and that I, I think uh, for the most part, I think you should stick with the tone for one movie. But oh, absolutely. It, it's, you know, some, that, that's, some directors that's... are really good at manipulating that. Um, like, uh, I'm trying to think of, of uh, I think, uh, 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 what's his name? The guy made uh, uh, Shaun of the Dead. He's really good at... Uh, Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright, thank you. He's really good at uh, manipulating tone quite a bit. Uh, uh, David Lynch, of course, is very mm-hmm. good at manipulating tone. And I think it's, you know, for the most part, you want to keep your tone the same, but that the rules are meant to be broken, Mike. Oh, absolutely. If you're a competent director and you've got your own style and you got your own thing, mm-hmm. you can just break it out, man. That's Do whatever right. you want. Make it theme cool. Make it fun. So here's the thing. Make it dark. Yes. Here's the thing. I really, really liked the first half of this movie. I really, really liked it. Uh-huh. Um, and what, what, what's wrong then why you sound like you got a pause in your voice well i i liked it very very much and i'm like why have i never heard of this movie like i've this has always been a movie like i, I really i've been going through the De Palma movies trying to like watch them all and i'm like why why is this movie not talked about amongst all of De Palma's other greats and i looked it up it's got one out of four stars on uh the uh what's his name the uh roger ebert okay. and it's got a 40 percent around tomatoes and it's just like what about this movie isn't good? And they say the beginning is very good, and then apparently the end is awful. So, Mike, yes. you're correct. <laughs> oh, no! So here's the thing. is The the half of the movie I started on, I was like, this movie is great. This is so much fun. And then the end just made zero sense. Oh, no. It made the events that happened are... It's like a different director came in and was like, I work for Hallmark. What's up? All right, let's try to finish this movie up. We'll just tie these loose ends, pat a bing, bada boom. Um, do we need a, this major character change happening? Ah, let's just uh, let's just smooth over that and just say ah, it's okay, and that's it. Really, it's I'm weird. So it's curious. really weird. There's a direct point where I like rewound the film and was like, is this really what happened? <laughs> it just seems like this is the part where the tonal shift goes off the rails. No, it's it's been a while uh, since I saw this De Palma movie, the the original. Uh, De Palma movie, the the one I was talking about, where yeah. it's just him talking about his movies. It's very difficult talking about the movie because it's just called De Palma. Uh, but if I remember correctly, the studio made him change the ending of the movie. Oh, so that might that might be what happened. Um, I'm not a, I'm not 100, percent but I feel like there's just a different version of it that existed, and they're like, we can't do that, and then they change the ending. Um, which is a damn shame because, as you said, you, apparently you even liked the first half of the last half of this movie. I did. I actually did like it quite a bit. I'm trying to find out if I could find any like any source of that. I don't see it on the Wikipedia page. All right. Well, I, I can anyway, start talking about the you movie. Start talking if you want. about it. I'll see if I can find some. All more right. Well, info. let's jump into a, a little bit. But one thing I want to ask you real quick: How mm-hmm. did you feel about Nicolas Cage, who stars in this film? I think he did a fine job. 
Me too. I think he does all right. He, he does, yeah. He uh, was reserved when he needed to be, and he was crazy when he needed to be. And when he went crazy, he went crazy. He went all the way crazy. Yeah. yeah. The movie opens with an incredibly long tracking shot, and the whole thing is just Nicolas Cage. It's just, what? who is he? Who is he as a character? Establishing everything we need to know. Um and it's got to be a lot of energy because it's it's. I'm sure that there's cuts in this shot. I'm sure that there oh, yeah. there's hidden cuts because it's very fucking long, uh, but they're very well hidden, and uh, it's it's a long time to keep on a, on a person. That's on, always tough. You know? Yeah, especially for an actor, it's it's got to be a, lo- a really difficult to keep that character up the whole time, keep, get the eye lines right every time. You know, it, it must be very difficult. Um, so the movie opens with the mention of a hurricane. Oh, happening around a pay-per-view fight. Chekhov's hurricane. Chekhov's hurricane. I wonder what's going to happen. Boy, I sure won't. It definitely won't come into play at the very end of the movie. Now, Don't worry thing. about that. It, it opens with a with a a news reporter talking about the hurricane, and halfway through the report, the cameraman says, "Hey, you can't say the word hurricane. Uh, that's going to worry people. You're going to have to say the word tropical, tropical storm. storm." Well, okay. Here's the thing: tropical storm is less than a hurricane. Yes, that's but a she, fact. But she's like, "This is a hurricane." Oh well, they shouldn't tell the truth. And she says. Even the new, even the weather has spin, and I'm like, ah. okay, here begins the Brian De Palma influence. The other thing Brian De Palma, uh, aside from violence, beautiful women, and incredibly long takes, is he is incredibly uh, paranoid about the government. Oh, okay. <laughs> that... And he's very much into conspiracy theories. Uh, so we are introduced to Ricky, uh, who is played by Nicolas Cage. Now. I'm just going to go through all of the things we know about Ricky from the very beginning. All right. Ricky, Nicolas Cage, is a cop. He's kind of a dirty cop. He likes to get paid off by criminals in order to uh, uh, keep his power and get a lot of money. As you he do. Clearly does, uh, as you do. He clearly does a lot of drugs and drinks a lot. Nice. He bets on things constantly. All right. He has a wife and kid uh, that he lives with and is constantly cheating on his wife with other women. Um, and he does this openly uh, uh, in front of just people that he knows, and he doesn't seem to care. Sounds like a quality dude. He I seems like, like a I, real, I like a really good protagonist. Yeah, that's like, right. I think this is the perfect protagonist. That's right. But you need some flaws. You need <laughs> right. You need you some need relatable to, flaws. Right. That you everyone need can the relate to him. Yeah. yeah. And this guy's got plenty of relatable I, flaws. Drinking. <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> Nothing else you want to cop to? What about your wife and kid? <laughs> I do have a wife and kid <laughs> that we never hear about, and I <laughs> and I, I parade them out in the open, right? And I just don't care. You just don't give a shit. No. Uh, well, see, that's the thing is, like, at first, I'm like, this is a weird choice for a protagonist, but as the movie goes on, it becomes important because you're supposed to think, oh my god, this guy's the biggest piece of shit. But then, when you compare him to the events of the rest of the movie, particularly his uh, friend Kevin, I believe his name is. Uh, yeah, Kevin, you're like, oh my god, Ricky might be a bad guy, but there are way worse people out there. And sort of the comparison between Ricky as a person and the government, I think this movie is trying to argue, is uh, drastically different. And uh, really it dwarfs Ricky's whole personality. But in the end, Ricky is a humongous piece of shit. That's okay. what we get to learn. Fair. The other thing we learn is that the Secretary of Defense, Kirkland, is at the fight as well. Did he make? Does he make all those things at Costco? Those he makes little, a, he, like makes those socks. I own the jacket from him, and he was a pretty good son. Is it a good? Is it a good jacket? It's a pretty good jacket. I got it for free. I hope nothing bad happens to him. Oh no! So we are also introduced to Kevin. As I said, he works uh, security for Kirkland, uh, and he's best friends with Ricky. I guess they both uh, serve together. Um, and uh, all of this is Served being done what? like food. 
Yeah, they served food. Oh, okay. And then and then they just went off and did uh, military and uh, police work. It's just a different spin on Party Down. So, man, Party Down was a good show. It was a good show. It's a damn shame it didn't it didn't last very long. But at the same time, I hope they never bring it back. Me too. <laughs> um. So, uh. During this whole one take, we're introduced to uh, Ricky. He pulls a badge. He chases this guy named Cyrus around. Uh, Does Cyrus ever come back? Uh, What's Cyrus look like? Cyrus is this, like, Mexican guy. He's played by that one character actor whose name I can't... uh, I don't think so. I don't uh, remember Cyrus. Luis Guzman. I don't think so. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. So, uh, Ricky says he's the king of the sewer. He loves being... Because Kevin says, oh, this town is like a sewer. It's not like what it used to be. And it's like, I love this sewer. I love the town they're in again? I think it's somewhere in Florida. Okay. I think... I'm not sure what the town is. I just assume this was Vegas. (laughs) Yeah, because there's casinos. That's just what I assume. I don't know. I'm going to double check. Yeah, go ahead and look at it. Continue. Okay. So... Uh, while all this is happening, we see this woman in red. Very mysterious. Ooh. And she doesn't have a ticket either. It's very <gasps> odd. How'd she get in? Uh, that's a very good question. And the thing is, is because the Secretary of Defense is here, they're very nervous about something bad happening to him. You know, that's why there's all this security around. So Kevin goes to check up on the lady in red. She runs away. He chases her. And then this lady in white sits down next to Ricky. She's wearing glasses. And uh, she talks to the Secretary of Defense, who's entire bodyguard have now left and she's just straight up talking to him ricky sort of overhears this and hears her say that uh you know he'll be sorry if he doesn't do something we don't know because what i love about this scene is it very much feels like a real situation where like you know something bad is going to happen but you're not sure what it is and there's just there's all of these things happening at the same time and it's just it's it's very interesting because you as an audience are trying to pay attention to certain things and piece things together and it really much it very much puts you into that situation it's really great um so that happens there is uh ricky keeps getting a phone call of getting phone calls oh uh new jersey atlantic city it's atlantic That's, city yeah there we go all right so there we go uh new jersey that makes sense new jersey's a shithole <laughs> <laughs> all right so i didn't want out in jersey there but you know <laughs> they know uh so uh what was it so the fight is happening um Ricky keeps getting a call and finally gets a call and the person on the other line says uh, that uh, it's his lucky number. Now, oh. lucky, lucky number is a reference to this woman who Ricky was just hitting on who is a, a lady who sort of holds up what round is coming okay. up. Okay, yeah. And her number was seven. And so he looks up at the lucky number seven girl, sees her scream and suddenly gunshots start firing from above everybody. Uh, uh, the secretary of uh, defense is shot, falls to the ground. <gasps> lady gets shot in the arm. Nicholas Cage jumps to protect her from any more gunshots, looks up at the fight. And originally, the guy who was fighting uh, was supposed to be knocked out. He looks at the guy fighting, the boxer, and the boxer is not knocked out. He's scared about the bullets, too. And then the boxer looks at Nicholas Cage and acts like he's knocked out. So it's like, oh, that's very, that's very strange. Mm. What's going on there? And then the lady with the glasses, her glasses get crushed. <sighs> and uh, we noticed that she was wearing a wig. She didn't have white hair the whole time. <gasps> yeah, see, all this shit is happening at the same time. Like, what the fuck's going on? This is really cool. So uh, then we see firing off screen. A man falls to the ground. Kevin was the guy that was firing at the guy that fell to the ground. That guy that fell to the ground is mm, the assassin. And Kevin comes running out and Ricky attempts to, he's like, runs to, to uh, Ricky runs to Kevin and says, hey, Kevin, we got to spin this. And the word spin is coming up again. Ah. Oh, spin. That's interesting that it keeps coming up. It keeps coming around. Ricky's like. It's like a merry-go-round. Yeah. It keeps, keeps coming spinning. back around. It keeps spinning. Yeah. Uh, so he's like, hey, 
Kevin, we're going to spin this for you. We're going to we're going to make you look like the hero. And Kevin at first is not convinced because he's supposed to be like a straight laced dude. But eventually he relents and he's like, you know what? You're right. We're going to play this off like um, we like I was doing the right thing. Like I'm going to be seen in the in the right. Wait, what was he doing wrong? So he uh, basically left his post. That's the Uh. first thing to chase that red the, the lady in red down. He left his post. Uh, he because he was supposed to basically be like a body, a, like a guard of his body was supposed to guard the secretary, and the fact that he even left shows that he did a bad job. Okay. Second thing is he had begged to do this. He was like, I wasn't actually assigned to this. I begged to 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 take care of the secretary of defense, and now he's dead. But is he dead? We don't know. He might just be in critical condition. <sighs> it's very strange. So then, uh, Ricky is like, okay, Kevin, we're gonna figure this out. Uh, the FBI doesn't show up until an hour and a half. Until then, we just need to figure out what's going on, and you'll look like the hero in the end. Okay. So Kevin's like, okay, uh, I'm going to go find the lady. Ricky, you hold off the cops. And uh, then we run into this guy, Lou, who is like part of the news, and he's like, hey, can you help me out? And he's like, yeah, sure. That really doesn't really come into play. It's just like a guy on the inside that works for the news organization. So then we see the lady in white. She's changing clothes, and she's covered in blood. Oh, cool. Uh, so that's the thing. She's that's, running around. Hmm. Uh, and then later on, it's it's revealed that she's actually blind, really. Like, she's not really blind, but she right. needed you, those you glasses. glasses. I mean, I, I thought uh, those glasses were for, like, show, but they aren't. Oh, you yeah. know, prescription-grade glasses do exist. Sunglasses. <laughs> no, the show was wearing sunglasses. Just normal glasses. You're right. Yeah, anyway. How so, would I know that? Anyway. Y- you wouldn't know that. You didn't watch the first time. Yeah, you're right. So then Ricky checks out the tapes, the fighting tapes, probably to see if there's any kind of, like, gunshots going on. And he notices that the boxer threw the fight because the punches never landed on him. And it's like, oh, is the boxer in on this whole conspiracy? So then he interrogates the boxer about all this. And the boxer says that he threw the fight because he lost a lot of money gambling and uh they show a flashback which is another gorgeous one take where it's all from the point of view of the boxer and we see that he does that a lot what uh, first person view it's really cool Eh? i liked uh, you didn't like it very much it's okay i liked it quite a bit in this because it was really clever how they used like mirrors and stuff uh to to sort of uh like I don't know. Mike's just always impressed you're going to hide the camera. I am, especially if it's a room full of mirrors. <laughs> I know, I know. You know, it's really amazing. So anyway, anyway, this scene is supposed to show that the lawyer had given money to Cyrus. Cyrus then got his money stolen from Ricky, which we saw earlier on. And then the boxer, Tyler, says that he was told to go down when a guy in the audience screamed, here comes the pain. And this guy mm. had a little radio in his ear. And the boxer says he was never told anyone was going to die. He was just told that he needed to take a dive in order to do this. And then Tyler was like, uh, Ricky's like, well, who told you this anyway? Tyler's like, some lady told me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's a lady in red. It is a lady in red. <sighs> so now they got to track down the lady in red. So Kevin is on the news saying that the assassin was from Palestine. He's a Palestinian. Oh. They found a bunch of threatening notes on his body, mm. all this stuff. And then Ricky tells Kevin about the conspiracy. And Kevin's like, look, Ricky, this might be. This might have something to do with like this exper- experimental weapon test that we just did. Uh, the Palestinians must have found out about it, and they're very angry. Um, then he says that the reason he was like three feet away from the assassin, he was right there, and he was completely distracted by the redhead's like boobs and stuff. Yeah, uh, and we see a first-person perspective from him too. Um, and so, but it's like, is that real? Is he telling the truth? We don't know. Uh, and at this point, I'm like, I am super suspicious of this Kevin motherfucker. 
and I have every right to be because Kevin tells Ricky, look, we got to find the redhead before we report anything because we don't want to look crazy and say that this is a conspiracy if it isn't, if we can't prove it. It is then revealed <gasps> that the whole thing was orchestrated by Kevin. And oh. not only did Kevin orchestrate all of this, he goes downstairs and it's revealed that the guy with the earpiece that said, bring the pain and the redhead are people that are working for him. Uh, all of this has been perfectly done by him, orchestrated yeah. by him. And then the, 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 the redhead who's actually blonde, she was wearing a wig earlier. She's like, well, what are we going to do? We need, we need to take down Ricky. And, uh, and, uh, Kevin's like, we can't do that. There's no possible way we can do that. And then the lady's like, well, what are we going to do? And he goes, I have a plan B, but I don't like it. She's like, well, why don't you like it? And he goes, because you soldiers deserve better. And he kills the both of them. Nice. Just guns them down in cold blood from behind even. Hey man, you gotta do what you gotta do. For gotta do what you gotta do. And you know what? He's a good guy because he didn't kill Ricky. He could have killed Ricky, but he doesn't. He didn't yet. Uh, not yet, I guess. Huh? So then the lady in white basically blind flirts with the dude with glasses, and she's like, "Hey, why don't you take me back to my room?" And I'm like, "Is he gonna? Is she gonna steal his glasses? Like, what's her plan here?" It's just some random guy. It's just a random guy. Okay. Uh, so then Kevin wants to talk to the boxer. It's revealed that Kevin goes to talk to the boxer. I'm like, "Ooh, what's gonna happen on the boxer?" The bodies get taken away. And then security finds the blonde, the blind girl. And at first they think she's a hooker because she's all up on this fat dude with glasses. But then Ricky recognizes her immediately and goes after her. But then Kevin is going to get her first. And that's where I'm left. Wow. That's exciting. I know. I'm very, I'm like on the edge of my seat. I'm like, okay, there's like a twist with Kevin. There's this whole thing with this lady. We don't know what she's up to. Cause I don't know. I, I don't know the lady in white's connection yet at all. I don't know what she seems like a, like a likable character. Like she's, she's constantly seen in a very like, uh, uh, um, sensitive and, uh, like, uh, nice point of view. So I, I don't know. We got to see what, what happens. I'm curious. All right. Well, what happens is I'm very confused. So <laughs> yeah, I bet. Basically, it's a I just see Nick Cage and this military looking motherfucker trying to yeah. find this lady. Yes. And Nick Cage is using the power of security cameras with his friend up at the top to try to find this lady. Mm. And she's trying to escape both of them, it looks like, from what I can tell. Yes. And tries to. But es- the thing is, she doesn't know who's following her because she's blind, right? That might be true. Yeah, that's a good point. She's just See, scared of. I didn't know that because oh, I didn't. just saw why, why she had no glasses. That, that's how she. Oh, I just thought came. maybe there was a, sh- a shot where you see her. like a first person shot where it's all blurry <laughs> and she's going. Oh! That happens in my half. Really? Yeah, they show first person perspective of her and you're like, oh god, she's really blind. No, that never that never happens. Oh, okay. Um, so anyway, they they try to find them. They go up an elevator. Uh, Kevin's actually in the same spot as them and goes up in the elevator, but oh. gets off at a different floor because he doesn't want to cause suspicion. Right. And then Nick Cage tries to get on the right elevator. They go into a room. She goes and cleans blood off her shirt mm-hmm. um, and gets changed and tries to act all like like cute. And he's like, oh, what's going on? You know, he's trying to be all flirty. Um, but this is, a, this is a really cool shot. This is a really cool shot. The first part uh-huh. is when um, Kevin gets in, he doesn't know where they are. Right. Or it might have been Nick Cage. Regardless. They didn't know who, where they were. So mm-hmm. what happens is the camera pans over and goes above all the hotel rooms. Oh. The first one starts off with like some dude who's like trying to trying to go down on some lady <laughs> and you got another one that's going over and it's um uh what's the other one that's happening um there's some people like drinking and spraying beer everywhere oh there's someone sleeping and the, I think the sleeping one actually has a news thing on that says some guys died and i was like i don't know who that is something's going on yeah that's, but that's what's his face yeah that's the, the segregated defense yeah kirkland um and yeah, and then they finally get to the last one, which is where they actually are. Uh-huh. Which is really, it's a really cool shot. That's really cool. It sounds like the the taxi driver shot, the infamous last taxi driver shot from above. 
I still need to see that movie. Oh! I own that movie and I've not seen it. We got to watch it together. I know. It's so good. I've heard only good things. They're all right. That's why, that's why I bought it. It's also five dollars. Um. So. <laughs> so we got this dude. He's just being annoying. And she's just like, hey, I need, I, look, this guy tried to shot me. He's like, what are you talking about? Look, I'm happily married and I got two kids. Get out of here. And he tries to bring it back to the house. The because then. she started realizing, he started realizing she wasn't going to put out. Oh, so now, so now get now her out of get out of here. Uh, um, so, I thought the whole reason that she was bringing him up to the room is so he could she could beat him up and she take just his wanted, glasses. She just wanted to hide. Oh she God, I thought she was gonna take his glasses. No, because they show he's got really thick glasses. I'm like, oh, maybe she's gonna use that. Maybe, maybe she does, and I just don't realize it. Oh, okay. But my she thought, didn't know that she had bad. Yeah, uh, yeah I thought she might just put on glasses, but I'm pretty sure she doesn't. Anyway, okay. So. She gets sent out, and luckily Nick Cage is there, and then Nick Cage yells at the guy and is like, get out of here. And he's like, what? It's my room. And he's like, get out. And he says, gets out. And so the guy's mad. He leaves, and he walks back, and he finds Kevin, and he just mutters to himself. He's like, meh, freaking hotel sucks. And then the, Kevin's like, wait, what's wrong, sir? And he's like, some guy just kicked me. I'll just show you. This guy just came and kicked me out of the hotel. And he goes open the door. Oh, no. He opens it, and they're gone. Oh, um, What happened? They, were they ghosts the whole time? They, they just left. They just left at that point, went down, went to oh, like they the got to another room. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's all fine. Now, okay, that's good. here is the part where I finally am like, what the fuck's happening? <laughs> it I'll luckily explains it. So she works at a place called PAL Aircraft. Okay. She was an analyst and she was going over some tests about some new secret weapon type thing. That's what, yes, that's what Kevin had talked about earlier. And what it was is like a missile defense system. Now, yes. the problem was is that she went over the tests and. She does them all she does all day is tests. And she realizes one came back hundred percent. She's like, This looks like a fake test, but it got approved anyway. <gasps> so it's so not a real she, working she's weapon. She's realizing this these tests aren't working. And here's the actual real one. So what she did is she went and showed it to the general. She was the person that contacted him secretly, wanted to set up a meeting, wanted to show him it, and he's like, Let's do it in a public area. So that way nothing will happen. And it's like, okay. So they meet and then you know what happens is he gets shot and all that stuff. Wait, wait. So their public area was at the wrestling place? I, I guess it was at a fight. It was a boxing. So that's boxing the match. other thing I forgot. She took a manila envelope from him. Mm-hmm. Do we know what that is? Probably some I'm kind sure of codes. He, she didn't give the envelope. No, she took it from him. She might just gave it, got it back. Oh. It might be the, it might be the pictures of the... Oh, the, possibly. The real test. That's possibly. What, she definitely gave that to him. Because we are seeing it from like uh, Nick Cage's point of yeah, view. Yeah. So well, here's the thing is... Yeah. It's revealed that Nick Cage didn't see everything perfectly. Of course he didn't. Neither did we as the audience. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, yeah, what happened next? I'm trying to figure out what, what kind of to explain this. Uh-huh. So. Mm. <laughs> All right, guys. Sit in. Get, get nice get, and comfy. Get nice and comfy because I'm looking at this part and I'm like, wow, my notes are uh, a little, little rough here. <laughs> Didn't get a chance to rewrite them this time. Uh, I know I didn't. Yeah. Um, it's all right, guys. So how you guys basically, do? she just okay. explains the whole thing, and it's just like, so what happened was, is there was this uh, whole thing. I saw these them talking all at once. She, there's a part where she sees Kevin talking to the terrorist guy, <gasps> and she's, he's like, "No, it's not true." She's like, "Well, let me finish the story. <laughs> let me finish the story." And then so the whole thing happens, and it turns out she watches him get shot. No, she doesn't see it. But that's basically the cameras revealed that right. Kevin shoots the terrorist guy. He's at the post the whole time and shoots it. 
And oh, and then Kevin made the shot. Kevin killed the terrorist. Whoa! So no, wait, oh wait, that was obvious. Yeah, that that was mentioned earlier. I thought. Yeah, but does he? Does Kevin also? So wait, does the terrorist actually kill Kirkland? Yes. Oh, okay. He kills Kirkland, and then and Kevin then is Kevin is the hero the because he kills the terrorist. Right. Okay. The terrorist that he was working with. Right. Um. Yeah. So there you go. And now, um. Nick Cage is pissed. He does not like to hear this news because, you know, he's his best it's friend. It's his best friend. And Nick Cage says, you're a goody little two-shoes. Why did you do this? Why did, you, why did you have to show this to the general? If you t- stuck your nose out of it, you know, it would have been all fine. Nothing would have happened. Yep. And she's like, I care about, you know, I care about the truth and people not, you know, making faulty choices and stuff like that. Right. He's like, well, why'd you do this? Now I have to know. Now I have to deal with these things. And now I have to be dealt with this, See? this problem. There you go. That's why the movie opens with him being such a humongous piece of shit. Yeah. Cause he only cares about himself. Is he st- and, and now he's like, I can't like, I can't care about myself. Cause these, this, tr- these truths are so much bigger than me, you know? No, he still only cares about himself. Oh, okay. 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 Because, <laughs> damn it. Um, he's like, how old are you? And she's like, I'm 26. And, why did he ask that? I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, he's, just, he's like, you're young. Whatever. What's your social security number? Yeah. <laughs> Mom's maiden name. <clears throat> so he's like, you're positive it's Kevin Dunn. Could be wrong. She's like, well, I didn't have my glasses. Oh, wait, those are shot afterwards. So I definitely saw it was him. <clears throat> anyway. Got it. Um, now we got this whole shot of Kevin conspirating with this, uh, this big guy who wants to build this millennial... What is that thing? The Millennial... Falcon? No. Oh, God. I had the name. Millennium, Millennial Tower or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, but this whole thing is he was in, in on the job. Because apparently whatever happens with this missile being passed through or this defense system, he'll make tons of money because I guess he probably owns a company. Probably. That makes it. Um, he's like, this job wasn't supposed to happen. The scandal. Now you have two people dead. Am I next on the chopping loss? Is this... Is, am I going to be another acceptable loss? And Kevin's like, no, it's fine, sir. You don't need to get mad. Um... <laughs> Uh, by the way, I just read in the trivia that that character is based off Donald Trump. Oh, well, so there you that's go. not a surprise. Yep. Anyway, so. <laughs> How's his hair? <laughs> better. So then. Um, that's our president you're making fun of. Oh, sorry. All right. Fucking libtard. <laughs> Low-hanging fruit making fun of the president. Wow. I know. Really? Really? Making a new one there. <laughs> Oh boy! Just because you make fun of the president doesn't mean you like you're like real smart or nothing. <laughs> uh, you think you went to college or whatever? Snowflake. You probably did go to college because you got brainwashed there. Because <laughs> you got all the learneds. <laughs> oh shit! You have to read the books. What you got is brainwashed? What, is that what Brian De Palma says? No, no, Brian De Palma isn't that. He's he's more. He would be the person going to college and getting like trusting woke. nothing. Yeah, trusting nothing. Yeah. Mm. I don't think I don't think no no Brian De Palma is on the complete opposite end of Alex Jones. <laughs> like he's a conspiracy theorist, but <laughs> on the other end, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, though, both didn't trust the government. That's true. That's a good point. But I don't think I think uh, one likes Trump and the other one doesn't. Yes, and I also think one doesn't say uh, Sandy Hook was an inside type job. <sighs> anyway, so Nick Cage he gets the lady and what is this lady's name? I forget. It's, you know, I don't know. I think it's, it's Zoya. I think it's Zoya. Zoya? Yeah. I honestly, what, like the the wrestler, like the wrestler in Glow. Yeah, I yeah. think I believe I wrote that. Zoya, down. that's cool as hell. Yeah, I think so. We'll see. We'll go with that for now. All right, I'll look it up. Um, now. She's played by the mom from Spy Kids. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> and the mom in Watchmen. Oh, 
Yeah, that's you know, she's the one wearing that terrible wig and awful makeup. Uh, makeup. So, uh, what do we got here? Okay, so Nick Cage locks the door on her and puts scissors in place. And is like, you are going to be safe here. I'm going to go back to the crime scene and look around. She's like, I don't want to be safe. Let me out. And he's her name like, is Julia, dude. Yeah, it's Zoya. Julia. Zoya. It says Julia on the I, IMDb. I'm pretty sure I heard Zoya and okay. I wrote it down. <laughs> I guess, you know what? If Tomato, there's one thing tomato. I'll question, it's your memory. You nev- <laughs> After how many episodes, you finally believe me. <laughs> Feels great. You know, I can win out over IMDb any day. That's right. <laughs> so, anyway, Zoya's mad. <laughs> but Nick Cage luckily goes back to the crime scene. Notices there's a blimp in the corner. Ooh, a blimp? A blimp. So he finds oh, with an eye, right? It's a little tiny blimp with an eye. Yeah. He asks the AV guy if he has any crowd shots. He's like, yeah, sure. And he shows him it. He says, you need, you need to step out of the room. Oh, AV shit. Man. Well, I watched this. He's like, all right, whatever, weirdo. <laughs> he starts watching it, and he sees footage of the evil. He does a perfect shot, the blimp going by, and the dude just shooting off the gun, and then Kevin just standing directly behind oh, him Oh, shit, not time, doing anything? Not doing anything. Oh, shit! Letting it happen. <laughs> and he just... He pauses on that footage. It just covers his face and just like, fuck. Oh, that's so awesome. And then Kevin shows up right behind him. No! Oh, shit. This is awesome. Kevin shows up right behind him and says, you know, yeah, we weren't supposed to have any problems like this. You weren't supposed to see that footage wasn't supposed to happen. Oh, no, my God. To stay away from that area. But, you know, as it goes. And uh, now you got the uh, the the big funding guy, Mr. Millennium Tower guy, is mm. uh, giving a speech about how he's so sad that that dude was dead and the secretary is dead. He's a great person, but you know, we will launch the defense system without him. Yeah. And now here is probably the high point of the movie until it drops dramatically. <laughs> so here is the best part. Okay. So first off, Nick Cage, very upset. You're my best friend. You use me. Yeah, and he's all he manipulated very, me. He's very upset about that. He now, thought he knew the world, man. Now, why does Kevin do this? Kevin gives a great explanation why he does why this. Why does he do this? He says, you know, while you were out here doing whatever you want, I was serving the whole time. I was serving my country. You know, I was doing the hard work. And I had to make a lot of tough decisions. One of those tough decisions is when a missile hit my ship that I was on. And because I needed the ship to stay afloat, and we need to cut down on the amount of water coming in. I had to seal 20 people down below oh, and shit. listen to them drown. Oh, shit. Do you know what it sounds like when someone drowns? It takes a long time. <laughs> so he's just like, he's I don't. He's just gotten insane. Well, he's just like, he didn't like it. Yeah, obviously. And he's like, this. So he's going to do anything he can to avoid that from exactly. happening again. He's like, this is why I want the missile defense program to to not fail. Right. Here's the thing. Missile defense program, they talk about the, he talks about the secretary and says like, you know, he used to be someone who was all about the, pe- uh, all about the military, but now he's all about the people and trying to get votes and all this stuff. And even though the system right now has a few bugs, it's enough for them to squash the deal. Oh. It's enough for them to say, this isn't good enough for us. We're not going to use it. Right. And you know, bugs can be fixed. You can work out the kinks and get them working. Jeez. But you know, the politicians, they're just not going to let it happen. They're too so, close-minded, man. So, you know, if nothing of this would have happened, it would have been fine. It would have been okay. No one would have got hurt. Yeah. But, you know, this had to happen, and I can't not let this happen. Oh, my. not let this missile defense program fail. Oh, my God. And I'm like, damn. That's a good fucking reason. That's, <laughs> <laughs> like, the best antagonist reason ever, because it's just like, oh, yeah. No, after seeing all this horrible stuff, I'm like, 
I can understand where right. he's coming from. Yeah, yeah. You're like, right. I don't agree with him, but I can understand. Like, I can understand why he has these opinions. Uh, that's the thing. I don't even 100 percent disagree with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, you shouldn't kill all those people, but like the act of like, well, you know, there's a couple bugs, but like, I really think this would, you know, despite the whole e- ethical issues of you know lying on tests yeah but like the idea of like look we just really need this i think this is i personally think this is the best shot we have we need to get through the system right and but politicians and stupid bureaucracy keep slowing us down Mm -hmm. and in order to get it through we have to murder these people well but that's not the original intention but it's ended up that way you know no i think his intention originally was to no the original intention was just to get that passed through you know those fake tests passed Right, but then suddenly it wasn't going. But to. some goody two shoes came out and came said, shoes and they had to, they had to, they had to kill of, the Secretary yeah. of Defense. Yeah, yeah. So that didn't stop him. That didn't stop me. Well, that's the part where he turns from like, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Like, mm, I can't follow you down this yeah. path. <laughs> you, you've you've got down a path I cannot follow, exactly. Anakin. <laughs> you're killing oldlings. <laughs> Old generallings. <laughs> there were secretaries. And I saw them <laughs> like animals. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry Anakin he's probably done the same <laughs> he is the secretary of defense uh, offense <laughs> but the best defense is a great offense missile <laughs> missile defense program anyway yeah, yeah that's right <laughs> so missile defense program sounds like a program to keep missiles mi- missiles okay rather than <laughs> missiles are like being launched well, people, yeah. doesn't it <laughs> no because missile defense is to defend from missiles what do we rather call missile defender like the hit video game oh yeah the love the video game I'm a missile defender <laughs> Hello, I'm here to block the missiles. So that's what this is. This is these aren't missiles. These are things to keep us from yeah, getting killed. It's by literally missiles. just a missile defense system. Oh, that's I why see. it's not like any. It's not like Iron Man where it's like, oh yeah, he's killing people with this stuff. It's like no, it's it's something to just stop missiles. But what it's if just, it doesn't work, man? Well, yeah, that's true. But yeah. that's you, you work some more bugs out. You that's get some more true. system. You, you got to keep the funding going because if they kill the funding, they're not gonna work the bugs out. That's a good point. And it's a waste of money. That's a good point. Man, I don't like how much I'm agreeing with this guy. But no, no. But you agree with him up until the point of. Him murdering yeah. a man. So and it's like, you know what? Maybe, you know, you tried to lie. To and now, fail. well, that's the thing is now it's got, they've killed one, two, three, four, almost five people at this point. Yeah. Over this. He's got body crazy. count rises. You know what are you can do? That's right. He, he, he heard 20 people drown. He doesn't give a shit about a couple other. So now, Kevin. Yeah. Well, he didn't like the 20 people. He didn't want it to happen again. Those no, I know, soldiers. but it's like, the, and those were good soldiers. These are just a couple of people. Yeah. yeah. But at least you can justify that. Well, I guess, you know what? You can justify this by saying it's for the greater good. That's right. And that's when. And that's, when and that's why he's such spoke. a good villain. That's right. That's what I love Boy, about it. Sure. What This movie's so good, right? Like, I, I, I was like, That's ah. what fucking pisses me off so much, Ethan. You have no idea how heartbroken I was to look this up and be like, why is this only one out of four stars on uh, Roger Ebert? Roger Ebert's wrong sometimes, but he's not this wrong. And now I'm so worried because you're saying that the ending is this terrible to go from these heights. All right, let's go, Mike. Here oh, we go. no, we got to go together. Go. We got to go down let's, this path that go. I did let's not go. want to follow down. Let's go with the Stark Demise. All right. So uh, he offers Nick Cage is like, you know, you're, you're a dirty cop or whatever. You're dirty. He is. So um, will it take, how much money will it take you this time to shut up? <laughs> 25000 <000. laughs> I'd ask for way more than two. I was gonna say two. Excuse me. Sorry, with two hundred fifty thousand, five hundred thousand, twenty-five thousand to keep your mouth shut. Here's like le- here's less than your salary. I know <laughs> this crazy fucking conspiracy where I murdered a guy. Twenty-five thousand. <laughs> what about will Mister Benjamin keep you quiet? Keep you warm at night. <laughs> here's an old Lincoln. Keep you honest. 
just like him. Don't you forget. That's right. <laughs> okay. So he says, how much? You know, it goes up to a million. And he's just like, you can tell he's thinking about it. Oh, he's trying to weigh it. How do you like heavy-handed metaphors, my friend? Oh, I love them. That, those so are my he looks on things. the ground. Nick Cage looks on the ground while he's trying to decide this and literally sees a dollar bill covered in money. I'm not kidding. What? You said a dollar bill covered in money. <laughs> he literally sees, I'm not kidding, a dollar bill covered in money. <laughs> I sometimes feel there's something wrong with the connection between my brains. What you're saying is a dollar bill covered in blood. Yes. Now. I love that you knew that. Because this is actually a callback uh-huh. to a thing that happened earlier. Uh-huh. So what happens is uh, he's chasing around Cyrus. I talked about him earlier. Yeah. The guy that's played by Luis Guzman. Uh-huh. And Cyrus cuts his hand open and uh, Nicolas Cage is like, give me money. You owe me money. You have to give it to me. So Luis Guzman gives him the money in his bloody hand. And Nicolas Cage has had this bloody money in him uh, the whole time. Yeah. So this is actually, act- this is all, and then there's another reference to it too where he gives the bloody there dollar. There is another reference later on in the film. He gives the bloody dollar to the to the guy working at the news. Right. So this is actually pretty fucking clever. Ah, it's it's all clever. Right. It's better. It's better than I thought it was. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, just, literally there isn't just, just randomly money with uh, money on it. Yeah, or money with blood. <laughs> On it, money with money. <laughs> but yeah, should, you're right. <laughs> that's Everyone sit down here. Hold on, I put, I, put, I put down a be, uh, Abraham Lincoln. Let me throw a bench on. <laughs> oh shit, money on money. Oh shit, <laughs> this is a little heavy headed. <laughs> money on money, come on. <laughs> just taking the money. It's just, it's just up in the ante. I mean, if I stay here, I'll get more and more money. But that's the visual representation of how negotiating. That's works. right. That's what's heavy headed about it. Because the audience is stupid. (laughs) They don't know how money works. All right, so it's blood on money. He looks down at it, and what does he say? And he says, look, that's an awful lot of money, but I I, I don't want to kill her. He's like, you don't have to kill her. I'll kill her. Just tell me where she is. Oh, shit. He's like, I can't do that. And then Kevin just pulls a gun out on him. He's like, you pulled the gun out on me? He's like, yeah, I did. And then the next scene is... um, Oh, no. Never mind. The first scene is he says, <laughs> before this, he pulls out the gun and says, Tyler says, you ain't got nothing, kiddo. Snake eyes. The house wins. Oh. That's lame. So then <laughs> take him out back. Kevin the- says this or Tyler says this? Kevin. Oh, okay. You said because, Tyler. oh, I, because, sorry, the reason why is Tyler is the boxer, right? Yes. So what happens is Nick says, well, what about Tyler? He knows about this. He's like, it's fine. We got on our control. And then he appears at the top. Is he alive or dead? He's alive. Oh, thank God. But then Tyler, I really like Tyler. Or, well, good, because he starts beating up Nick Cage and punching him a lot. Why? Because he did, he wants to get the information about that girl is. Otherwise, he's screwed, too. Oh, God. Yeah, Tyler's a oh, bad boy. No. no, he's not bad. He just needs to know because he needs the money. Oh, no, these are really difficult things he got to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. So he keeps getting knocked out, punched. He's like, you, better just, up again. you better just let him go. And he's like, Kevin punches him a couple more times and he's like bleh he spits out blood on kevin's uniform oh, all over his little like even emblems, more heavy all his emblems yeah exactly yeah. he's got blood on his hands yeah and on his uniform <laughs> then he punches one more time and gets him knocked out yeah but he doesn't get up again no he doesn't get up this time all right so now well up. actually he did wake up he wakes up and now i see my first shot of the first person cam uh-huh. and he sees some people putting like a body away and like it looks like a cement truck or something uh-huh so now nick cage this is where the movie just tone just goes out the window mm-hmm. and Nick Cage is all fucked up. 
Like, right. He looks like vampire and the vampires kiss all bloody. Right. Hair is crazy. He's he kind of walking around trying to go around. Right. He's not yelling as much as time. He's much, <laughs> more, he's much more actually beat up. Okay. Good. And he basically goes back to where Julia is or Zoya or whoever you want to call her. <laughs> she goes back and keeps sneaking back. And immediately Kevin just sees him and just mm. starts following him. And okay. why is he going back to her? Why? I don't know. Why? Hmm. Does the movie tell us? Nope. So, yeah. Yeah. There's no explanation. Fuck it ass. He just starts going. And now, all of a sudden, there's a crazy hurricane. And uh, All of a sudden. This is what happened in the whole movie. Uh, this, it's never been mentioned to me. Oh, Mike. yeah. That's right. <laughs> it's a crazy hurricane. And apparently, it knocked over the Millennium Globe. And it fell down. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, the, the guy on the news is like, hey, we need a reporter to stand up in front of, stand up in front of that. And he's like, okay. Some lady porter does it. She's resentful of it. And she's... Starts talking about it. And now she's, as Nick Cage is walking towards where he locked up um, Julia, you notice that it's kind of near the outside. It's like a weird, kind of like a two, there's like two gates. There's a gate on the outside next to the boardwalk where the water is. And then there's the inside little kind of section. That's where she's hidden. And then behind that is kind of where the rest of the casino is. So he's coming in from the casino and trying to go, going to go find out where she is. Slowly ambling towards her and during this time the reporters are outside on the other side looking at this globe and reporting on it like this hurricane's crazy it's freaking everyone out this is like the biggest hurricane we've seen in a while um so yeah and then okay so this is this is a part i'm some gonna explain to you and i hope you understand how bad it's done (laughs) already i'm like confused so. so now there are um cops gonna show up to be like hey what the fuck get out of here reporters like this is an area you can't be in because it's like right next to the ocean. Like, what are you doing? Right. Just because it's a great shot. So the cops are coming. And Nick Cage is... <laughs> you keep sighing. Because he just... It's just... Every time, it's just literally 10 minutes of Nick Cage shambling towards the door. <laughs> and then they keep coming back to things and Kevin following him. Right. And he finally gets to the door. Kevin is like, hey, you need to let me through. I need to go get her. Because this is where she is, right? He's like, I won't do it. He's like, oh, you better. I won't do it. Okay, I'll do it. Because he sees on the TV that's conveniently there that the cops are on the other side. Oh. So, of the door somehow. And so, I don't know what the fuck happened. (laughs) But basically, Julia is hitting the door, the other side of the door towards the boardwalk, trying to get out. Right. While Nick Cage is about to come in. And then Nick Cage moves out of the way. Kevin. (laughs) Shoots the gun. Right. It goes through the first door, hits the second door's special opening. Uh-huh. So it opens the this outside door. Right. Luckily, somehow. The reporter's there. At this point, the globe is rolling towards them. Rolling towards rolling towards the uh the uh reporter. Okay. And then knocks into the freaking Double door, knocking the news van into it, or no, knocking the news van off the boardwalk. I think. Uh huh. I don't know. Bunch of crazy shit. It yeah, happens so quickly. Insane. And then the cop car drives in, pulls into where that opening is. Nick Cage grabs the lady and hides under the car, uh-huh. while Kevin pops out with a gun. And they're like, "Put your hands up, sir!" And they all point to Kevin, and they're about ready to arrest him. And he's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, first off, why are they arresting him? He's just like, "No, no, I'm part of the yeah, it's just, And then he's like, "Oh no, I don't know what's going on." And then Nick Cage looks at, <laughs> Nick Cage looks at him and says in a very great voice, Ain't no week 
Kevin. You got snake eyes. And then he looks around. There's a really weird shot of it going through the news camera. Uh-huh. While the cops are telling him to put the gun down. Uh-huh. He's just looking around awkwardly, Kevin. And then he's like, I guess the best thing I do is should try to go back through the door. And right. he tries to be like, get back away from that door. And he's like, okay. And he looks around. And then he pulls the gun and points at himself real quick and shoots himself. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it is weird. That sounds weird and as hell. You know what? I described this very clunkily because that's how this movie kind of right. goes. You're representing the film that's sh- honestly. That shot between the part where he o- where the door gets shot and the door opens and then suddenly Kevin's through the other side of the door about uh-huh. to shoot himself. That happens in like five seconds. Wow. Ten seconds. It's very quick. Yeah. And then the weird part where Kevin decides to shoot himself is like uh, 40 seconds. There's nothing to it's it. It's just weird. Yeah, It's yeah. bizarre. And then um, that's it. Now the news goes makes uh nick cage seem awesome he's like he's look at this guy he's you've saved this big conspiracy he's gonna go hang out with the sun and now because the media's on it they start figuring out he's a corrupt cop and now there's all these corrupt things about him so he doesn't get as much nice stuff about it and this is all done really quickly through newsreels um and it's just shown that he's kind of not had a great life all of a sudden he started off great not not so great anymore Mm -hmm. now it's at the end they're in front of the millennium tower or he is and then um julia appears he's like hey what's up it's like I just testified. Things are getting different. Just testified. Just testified. This is obviously yeah for the conspiracy. But like the how the long defense. It's unclear. <laughs> yeah, I assume like a few months. And then she said, okay. you know, the reporters told me how to find you. He's like, oh, those freaking reporters. And she's like, yeah, you know, things are gonna change. And he's like, you see that rock over there? Pirates used to put lighthouses on it to trick sailors and they run to the rocks, and then they'll just rob them blind. You know, that never changes around here. The only thing here is that the light's brighter. Oh. I'm like, man, grumpy, grumpy. <laughs> Ebo. And then she's just like, cool, whatever. Um, well, the whole system's being changed, and everyone, everything's changed up. He's like, oh, cool. And then all of a sudden, she decides to say, hey, um, you have a wife? No. How old are you? 36. I'm like, <laughs> not 36. <laughs> also, he does have a wife. Uh, he says, used to, ran away. Ran Girl, away? Girlfriend also ran away. Oh, okay. And then basically, she has this look where she's like, I could be the next one. Ugh. And then... Where'd that come from? Exactly! <laughs> and then he's like, I'll call you 12 to 19 months from out, out here. And then she's like, okay, I'll see you then. And then he kisses her on the head, or the cheek, and then she's like, no. And grabs his face oh. and kisses all of it. What? And then he goes, well... She leaves. He goes, well, I guess I got on TV. Good enough. And then walks away, and then the credits roll. What the fuck? Yeah. That's a fucking weird ending, man. Here's the weirdest part. Is the ending, or the credits, and on this construction site of the Millennium Tower, right? Right. And it's everyone getting back to work. And it's not, I mean, you know, movies do this. They do the credits a little bit, and then it's like, okay, we got enough of the scene. Black screen, let's show the real credits. Right. The whole credits play over this construction scene. All these people are just working construction, not doing anything crazy. And then the very last shot is a red gem is built into the tower structure, which I looked it up on the IMDb. Uh-huh. And it says it is from the uh, red-haired woman Navy agent who was part of the scheme. I don't remember that. It was worn on her hand at one point. I don't remember that. Okay. Does I mean, I believe it. I mean, sure. But I have to believe what you. What does that have to do with anything? Yeah, right. 
Oh, okay. This is this is a metaphor. So we see she had mentioned everything is going to change. Everything is different. And we see it being rebuilt, uh, implying that maybe things are going to be different. Maybe things are going to change. But still, there's that little hint of something that was there before. Mm-hmm. That little gem, that little leftover from the past. Yeah. Maybe it isn't so different. Yeah. But I mean... How'd you, how do you stick a gem in the middle of a concrete? I don't know. It's you like think a concrete pillar. It. Yeah, you think you'd notice it, too. That's weird. I don't know, man. That's really weird. With I know. That, that, that ending up together. Uh, yeah, exactly. It was like everything I hated at the end of a movie was there. That end scene where it's like, where's everyone at? It's like yeah. the whole scene of him wa- like walking through this long corridor forever. Yeah, with no real out. pacing. All right, let's read the original ending. So the original ending. Oh, there is an original ending. There is original. The original ending, awesome. which has a massive special effects sequence created by uh, ILM. ILM introduced a huge tidal wave going through the casino. The ending was cut out in post-production. Oh. Numerous references it, it, to it still remain in the film. A shot near the end of the film shows an ambulance driving down an oceanside road with a wave about to crash into it before the film cuts to another shot. Mm-hmm. I did notice that. Also why that scene was weird. Yeah. Nick Cage's character talks about almost drowning at the very end of the film. <laughs> references to Storm are made throughout yeah. the entire film, which are meant to build up the action-packed climax that was cut. There's also one part where your character says, I wish that this hurricane would wash this all away. And I'm like, yeah, obviously that's what's going to happen. Instead, it was just a big wave. That was it. Um, wow. Yeah. Well, that's fucking stupid. Yeah, it's such a bummer ending. Like, It's not even a bad, like, it's, think, not, it's not like a sad bummer ending. It's a bummer ending because it's a bad ending, you know? That's why it's, yeah. That's yeah. why it's a, bum, it's a bummer ending for the movie as a whole. Because the thing is, is like, this is one of those movies where it's very rare for us to be like, man, I saw, like, I was totally into this movie up until that part. Like, right. It, when usually when you see the last bad half of a movie, right. it's like, oh, this is bad, or I don't like it immediately. You liked it, though. But I liked it immediately. Yeah. And then as soon as I saw the ending, I'm just totally checked out. I was just like, this is bad. This is this is making that film terrible. This is putting it in a lower level. You know, This is just corny and cliche and heavy-handed. And it's and- so clear, too, that this affected everyone who watched this movie. Yeah. You know, like it has such a low rating. If only, I think honestly, clearly, if only the studio had just given them the chance to do that, it would have been, it probably would have been better. Yeah. It would have felt more cohesive. It wouldn't have felt so like, clearly like the fact that they didn't have a lot of, I think the problem with the editing is they probably didn't have a lot of coverage and they just had to uh, edit this thing together as quickly as possible. Like, man, that's a real shame. That's a real shame. It's yeah, it's a big disappointment seeing that like it could have changed how this movie is remembered. Yeah. And, and it's also a weird thing that like you could watch a great movie and be totally sold up onto it and then the ending can just sour you. It's true. Which I, is just it's rare. It's it rare is rare. It's usually most of the time There's at least the ending is like, oh, it's passable, but when it changes almost everything about the movie yeah. and like it's supposed to be built up to this and you get to the build up and it's like not just not what you wanted, it kind of undercuts all the rest of the movie in a lot of ways yeah especially with the relationship and it was like i actually was really cool it was like oh cool like they're actually gonna have like a like a man woman relationship where they're not gonna fall in love because there's literally no way they could be into <laughs> each other they're not hinting at it nothing and they don't know each other that well and li- yeah they literally just met and it sounds like they haven't seen each other since then yeah yeah and yeah. then she's just like i don't know i guess i'll do you whatever <sighs> that's a real shame it is but a shame you know what here's the thing though there's like 80% a good movie here. Yeah. There's only 20% bad. So I could recommend this movie and just be like, don't watch the ending. But that's like saying, there's always a weird thing about like, can you really just not watch an ending? 
It's really tough not to do that. That's true. Like, I just but there's so but there's so much good stuff here. There's but, so much good work here. You yeah. Know? That you know what? Not, to bring it back to video games, Mass Effect Three. Yeah. Mass Effect Three. Great game. There is a higher percentage of good stuff in That's that true. game That's than there true. is compared to this to the bad ending because simply literally, because it's a video game. It's literally yeah. Too. There's literally only 15 minutes of bad stuff at the very end of Mass Effect Three. Right. And if you just skip that part, it would honestly be great. But are you really going to skip that part? I wasn't going to skip that part. I had to see the very end. I had to. Yeah. Here's the and thing, did too. It, did it taint it for me? Not really, but I, I, I could separate myself for that. But for some reason, this movie not just changed like what happened in the story. It changed how the characters related to each other. That's true. It changes a lot more about what those characters' motives are. Yeah. And it does bring into question the rest of the film, clearly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's just a real shame. It is a like, big shame. Especially because the first half is like masterfully done. Like, uh, This was one of the first times I've ever been very disappointed that I couldn't watch the rest of the movie. Like, I watched a little bit more than I have oh. because I was so engrossed in what was going on. I think it was a good movie. I know. And it's like, it it just so perfectly molds into each other. It so perfectly like works together. And it's just that fucking ending that clearly the fucking executives didn't want. Probably because it was too expensive or something. That's a real shame, but yeah. you know what are you, you going to do? Apparently, the movie's supposed to. Well, the studio wanted to come to a PG thirteen rating, but they changed it. it got an R rating. Yeah. yeah. Um, Will Smith was going to star as Kevin Dunn. I heard about that too. Um, the, the 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 government man. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I don't know. I guess that's the other problem too is that with Brian De Palma, you know, he has all these great big masterful ideas, and then the. The minute actual money comes into play, it becomes very difficult for him to actually get what he wants, which is a shame because I always felt like De Palma was a very established director, but I guess people don't consider him as up there as, uh, you know, a, a Scorsese or, you know, a Spielberg or any of that stuff, which is a shame. Yeah. Well, he only has like a couple, like, he doesn't have any like universally acclaimed movies. Like he has movies that people like. I guess that's a good point. But they're not like, like he doesn't really have like a you good can't, fellas. Yeah, you can't point to Goodfellas. You can't point to um, E. T. E. T. You can't point yeah. to Schindler's List. <laughs> you can't point to you know anything, yeah. any class or the Godfather movies. You know, as far as with, the yeah, yeah, with Coppola. Coppola, yeah. Like there's movies that people are like, oh, those are like those are par- like, yeah. Almost everyone says those are good. Yeah. That being but, said, you know a lot of people like Mission, the first Mission Impossible. Yeah. But it's it's definitely more of an action movie. No well, one I think calls that like high art. Type that's thing. the crazy thing is I think his movies are either too difficult for people to like really get into. Like Blowout is a very very good movie, but that movie is a very difficult film I think for general audiences to watch because it can become a bit difficult to like follow along. It also has a lot to do with like uh uh uh. uh Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, conspiracies and stuff? Yeah. So that movie's difficult, I think, for general audiences. But then you have other movies that don't take themselves very seriously, like a Carrie. Uh, <laughs> I guess you're right. Carrie is the one. But I feel like since it's a horror movie, of course, it doesn't Well, that's that. what I'm saying. Exactly. It's a movie that a lot of people don't... Or even also uh, uh, Mission Impossible. I think a lot of people consider that a, a, a popcorn movie where you have movies like E.T., uh, uh, Godfather, or a Goodfellas, where even though those movies are... Um, uh, very different with Godfather and Goodfellas being more dramas and E.T. being more of a family picture. Those movies are very much crowd pleasers. General audiences love them. You know, I think with De Palma, he makes much more difficult decisions as a filmmaker. And uh, even though I think I, I really appreciate the things that he does, even, even though he takes these chances with uh, general audiences, I think they have an issue dealing with that kind of thing. It's funny because I feel like the untouchables would actually pretty, Oh, about Scarface. Like that's a weird thing. Scarface Scarface is too. Yeah. But Scarface, it 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 is a rough movie to watch. Yeah. Well, it's also got flaws in it. It's not the perfect, it's not a perfect movie. Yeah, Um, exactly. But, 
That's a shame. But yeah, I don't know. I would I would recommend this movie. Even even though that ending is there, there's a lot of really great cinematography. I mean, I'll recommend it with caveats cuz like yeah. there's some really definitely impressive cinematography that that first shot you're talking about, which oh. I looked up does have actually have some edits in it. I knew it. But you it, have it, to it but see it's it, it is 12 minutes of actual footage for it's sure. It's just mwah. It's oh, it's so good. You just have to watch it. It was it was amazing. I, it was really hard taking notes during that because it was so engrossing to watch. Uh, yeah, if you guys enjoyed this movie, uh, and, oh, one oh, more thing. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. The one thing, other thing Brian De Palma is known for is split screens. Yes, that's one thing I forgot to mention. That's another thing he's very he, he split did, screens and like the dual focus shots too. There was a, the the scene when she was explaining what actually happened. Is there's a scene where you basically see the terrorist guy and Kevin talking to each other on one side of the screen and then her having the conversation with the general and she gets the entire thing out about what's going on. He's like, Oh, I totally agree. And then he immediately gets shot. But it's such a cool scene seeing those two, you know, it's going to happen. And you're like, Oh man, I hope she gets all that words out, those words out in time. And I hope they don't do it in time. Right. Even though, you know, obviously it's going to happen. That's, that's that, uh, Hitchcockian, uh, drama. That's, that's how he was like suspense is all about the audience knowing something that the character doesn't. And yeah. that's clearly, you know, that's clearly it was great. Split screen. Yeah, it just sucks so much at the end. It's just, <sighs> I know, just freaking, just phones it in. It's like, ah, let's nope. just finish it. You know, they finished the movie ahead of time too. Really? They fed seven, finished shooting seven days earlier or something like that. Fucking ass. If you guys know any movies that are like that, please email us at emailtheotherfpodcast.com. If you want to get a hold of us and recommend any other De Palma movies that you think we haven't seen, uh, you can. Good luck. I know, yeah, good luck. We've seen quite a few of them. You can uh, email us. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you want to go back and listen to our episodes of Scarface, I think it's the only DePaul movie we've talked about on here, yeah. you can find that on iTunes, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. And while you're there, please leave a five-star rating and a review. We will read it on the show no matter what it says, even if it is a really long one take. <laughs> <laughs> just the longest run-on sentence. Yeah, just the longest run-on sentence. But it's sentence. split down two paragraphs <laughs> that are side-by-side. <laughs> um, man, that Scarface episode was like our first one. That was, that was the very one. first one. Yeah, so people can go back listen to that one, listen to this listen one, to and us see being like, I don't know if we're gonna keep doing this podcast. I don't know what we're gonna do. And now here we are, all these years later. We're so much older. We're wiser. Yeah, taking ourselves a bit more seriously. Yeah, well, about that. <laughs> I never take myself seriously, Mike. That's my secret. That's a good point. If you do that, you're just gonna have anxiety. <laughs> good night, everybody. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>